Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night Horror Anthology Podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that's five foot one, five foot one, five foot one, one, one. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, good to be five foot one down here. You're actually not five foot one. I think you're taller than I am. I don't know how tall I am. Oh my gosh, when's the last time you checked? I refuse to check. Girl, what if you've grown over the years? Maybe Australia has, like... I don't know. You know pumped you with that radiation and you're a super giant, like Katie Seagal now. I could be, like, seven foot eight. I don't even know. Oh my gosh, Brandon. Well, I know I already know this because I asked you, but how are you doing today? Oh, man. Uh, I could be better. I'm sick. Well, I'm you sick. don't sound so, so bad. If I sound terrible at any point in this podcast... uh. Noise reduction fixes everything, Brandon. You'll be yeah, fine. Cortland will take care of it, so I'm sure I sound beautiful right now. You sound like a goddess, you know? Yes. You would know. So this is just an AI Brandon voice that you've developed, and you're just dubbing Brandon it over. Brandon Tosh. My, like, oh, this episode's great, Cortland. <laughs> well, you, you sound fine, Brandon. I hope you get better. But uh, we got a long day of recording, so... Before you can go back to sleep or whatever the hell you were doing before we were recording this podcast, you need to work it, girl, and get this podcast <laughs> done. <laughs> All right, I'll do my thing. Okay, good. So, how was your week, Brandon? Besides being sick, did you do anything fun? No. That's okay. I didn't expect you to. <laughs> we're so <laughs> yeah. boring. I would be surprised if you were like, what? You didn't do anything fun? That's crazy. I know. I'd be like, Brandon, you're having so fun. I did something, Brandon. I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram or not, but... So, uh, yesterday we, like, our son went to, like, a karate night out. So, we had the night off with without a child. And mm-hmm. um, Kim and I's anniversary is coming up, our nine-year anniversary. And also, it's Mother's Day this weekend. So, we decided to have a little fun at home. And we purchased a whole bunch of art supplies. So, Kim walked into the room. She's like, hey, what do you want to do for your anniversary and stuff? And I was like, oh, I don't know. She's like, how about we paint a Bob Ross painting? And I was like, hmm, yeah, yeah, we could probably do that. I'm, I'm basically artsy and crafty and fartsy and stuff. Let's do it. So we that's why I love Kim. She's like, what should we do? How about a Bob Ross painting? <laughs> I know. I know. It's incredible. So we <laughs> took some time. We like looked through all the Bob Ross paintings that he's ever done. And we were like, all right, we'll do this one. Right. We did something called like a scene of winter or something like that. Anyway, we got all the paints. I bought everything on Amazon. We got the easels. We got the thing you put on your hand to make the paint on there i don't palette i don't know anyway so yeah. yesterday we we got like we made some chocolate covered strawberries and and pretzels and this tiktok dinner that was something so we painted this bob ross painting so if you i don't know if you've seen it on instagram or not by by I the did. time this episode is gone like it, those stories will be forever gone but yeah we we painted some bob ross shit and they look pretty all right i gotta say i've yeah. never worked with oil paintings before because i was in art in high school i always used acrylic so Cleanup sucked. <laughs> Cleaning up oil paintings is, is the worst. I bet. I was like, these could probably just go under the water, right, honey? And she was like, I don't think so. And I was like, I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> so like, I was like, I'm going to clean these brushes nice and easy, right? Water, surprisingly, to my surprise, oil and water, they don't do anything together. So I was like, hot water stuff, definitely going <laughs> to melt this paint. It'll just... <laughs> Go right in there. Sizzle it right away. Yep. No, it didn't. And then I got paint <laughs> everywhere. And I was, I, my fingers are probably still a little blue. Oh, man. What a mouse. But I didn't get any on the carpet that I know of. So it was a That's win. good. Hell yeah. And the paintings were beautiful. So gorgeous. Bob would be proud. Bob is proud of him, Brandon. I'm pretty sure a bag fell while we were painting them. And we're like, oh, there's Bob. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> 
But that was my weekend. It's good stuff. And the weekend's just beginning. Oh, it's almost over for me. I don't, I don't plan on doing another painting, but, you know. <laughs> anyway, that was my weekend. So, you want to you wanna just, I mean, it's been five minutes. You want to just dive into this episode of Tales from Crip? <laughs> yeah, that's like a perfect transition to this episode. <laughs> yeah, right? We got we got this little episode of Tales from the Crypt. We got four-sided triangle, Brandon. What did you think of four-sided triangle? Okay, Cortland. Here, here we go. Here. Yes, dish. This is a scarecrow episode in theory. So yeah. this should be this should be right up my alley. This is number one for you. Yes. What what happened? <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm a little disappointed with this one. Is it because? And this is kind of spoiling a 30 year old episode. There's not much of an actual scarecrow. Look, mm-hmm. if you're coming into this episode and you're like, hey, I want to see patty arquette run around without a bra then you are going to love this episode (laughs) but if you go into this episode like show me some scarecrow goodness Mm -hmm. then you're gonna be left a little wanting yep if you want to see patricia arquette on her knees grabbing those eggs milking that cow then this is the episode for you (laughs) oh man also she sings about chicken pot pies and i don't I'm spoiling all my jokes, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I have to say. All right. I I will say, Brandon, I watched this one, and uh, it's not bad. Like, I don't think this is a bad episode. I think it is smart, you know? But there's no, there's not really a Scarecrow. Uh, it's no. just... And, and honestly, the Scarecrow itself is kind of disappointing in, in a way, yes, too. Yes, so. absolutely. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, like, even if this thing does come alive, it's still yeah. not what I want. It's not anywhere near the tier of Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps Scarecrows. Yeah, Silent Servant is still the goat. It really is a goat, a really good scarecrow. Yeah. Well, all right, enough of this, Brandon. Let's just get into this. We've spoiled pretty much everything. You can probably turn this episode off. <laughs> That's at this the episode, yeah. <laughs> well, let's find out. You know what? We're here for the Patricia Arquette. We got to see what happens to her, you know? All right. Our episode starts off with Crypt Keeper ripping petals off of a flower, right? He's saying, she loves me, she loves me not. And we pan up as he yells, Brah! What do flowers know about love anyway? Good point, Crypt Keeper. Yeah, they don't know shit about shit. We see that he's dressed in a straw hat and overalls. Very, uh, very farmer crypty, you know? Yeah, he looks like he's going to sing Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> he notices us and says, well, hello there, boils and ghouls. And I think this is the first time he said boils. All right, put that one down in the history books. History, yes. Uh, which is funny because like our episode descriptions start with boils and ghouls and at this like before this every time he said boys and ghouls and I was like Brandon what the fuck you on about you know but (laughs) now I get it not that I didn't know that he was gonna do this but anyway just getting in the mood for tonight's tawdry tale a story of love and lord lust in the dust and he chuckles saying it's sure to arouse the sickies amongst you to some heavy breathing a tale I call four-sided triangle and you know what? There is a lot of heavy breathing in this episode, Brandon. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. A lot of just slow, heavy breathing. That's kind of the whole vibe of this episode. Yeah. You could condense the whole episode down into like, yeah, if, that's if a, it. If some weirdo were to condense this episode into one minute uh, <laughs> <laughs> riffing and- Some uh, kind of freak. Abridging this one, it'd be mostly heavy breathing. <laughs> Yeah. The picture for this one is interesting. I I don't know. Not really. But in the foreground, we see a woman. It's Patricia Arquette, kind of. Doesn't really look like her. 
But uh, she's holding on to a man of sorts and a big coat and a clown mask on. Yep. Red flag number one. Yeah. In the background, we see an American Gothic inspired scene, which is the the painting of like the farmer man and woman with the pitchfork. But in this one, the woman's holding the pitchfork and she looks pissed. And there's a man next to her looking equally as pissed. And there's also a full moon and a red shed behind them. So we're in farm country. Yes. Rural. Oh, I can't say that. Rural. It's a hard one. Rural. I've never been able to say that word. Unless it's just me and I am saying it right, but I'm just like in my own head kind of thing, you know. (laughs) 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 This fades us into the episode with a little twangy music playing. There's a lot of twang in the soundtrack for this one. Yeah, it's like Shania Twang in here. Which is fitting. Mm, It is. I'm not a fan of twang music. Although, I will say there is a little bit of a score later on that I think is pretty good, but... For the most part, I'm not I'm not a huge country fan or twang fan. We see a sign that this is the Tate's farmland. I'm sorry, it's actually the Yates farmland. What the hell am I doing here? And it was established <laughs> in 1969. That's the year we went to the moon, isn't it, Brandon? Yes, I believe Christy Carlson Romano has uh, <laughs> drilled that into our brains. <laughs> yes, thank you, Even Stevens, the musical. The camera pans us over to a big farmhouse, and then we just warp inside. And a woman is walking down the stairs, and she has a little brace on her leg and a cane in her hand. She stops, and she sniffs the air, and she scowls a bit. She doesn't look happy. No. Then she walks over to the kitchen, and she sniffs, and she scowls. I feel like I've seen this already. She touches the coffee container for a moment, and then she slaps that shit to the ground, (laughs) yelling for Mary Jo. She then busts into Mary Jo's room and starts beating her with the cane because she's still sleeping. <laughs> and this woman, Mrs. Yates, it's not funny, but wants it's her goddamn funny. coffee. I mean, she's a bit. It's ridiculous <laughs> right from the start. Yeah. She comes down the stairs and she sniffs and it's like, oh, something must stink. But it's just like, no. where's my damn coffee? And then she Some- just beats a woman. Something stinks like not breakfast, Brandon, because yeah. Mrs. Yates wants her eggs. <laughs> it smells like nothing. <laughs> this nothing smell is unacceptable. Mary Jo runs out of the room screaming as Louisa Yates calls her a bitch. Back in the kitchen, Mary Jo falls to the ground and Mrs. Yates throws her a basket saying, You clumsy little fool. Here, see if you can do something right and get me my eggs. She calls people fools all the time, by the way. She's like a Disney villain. There's a lot of fools. Well, you know what? It's not a trifling bitch. It's a trifling fool. Mary Jo doesn't move for half a second, so Miss Yates yells, Go on! And goes to smack her again with the cane. So Mary Jo gets the hell out of there. And she runs outside and Mrs. Yates yells after her to remember not to break any or she'll break her. We look over at Mr. Yates who notices that Mary Jo is kind of getting dressed a little as she makes her way to the chicken coop. And he pretends to work on the truck as she walks by and then checks out her ass because he's a creep. Yeah. Accurate. Mm-hmm. He hasn't started the heavy breathing yet, but spoilers. It's coming. It's a coming. Mary Jo enters the chicken coop and starts collecting some eggs, but it's hot in there, so she takes off her coat. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Outside, Mr. Yates starts looking through a peephole at her, and he gets closer and closer to that hole, taking off his glasses and smashing his face in there so he can get the best view of Patricia Arquette. He starts moaning and shit as the camera shows us her cleavage, and she's all on the ground looking for eggs and whatnot, and he starts breathing heavy and saying, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> when suddenly Mary Jo whips her head <laughs> so in his direction gross. and he bolts out of there. It's it's so stupid. <laughs> like this is kind of like the 
I don't know, like the, the cream of the crop of what this episode's about. I really don't even need to continue. Yeah. You guys can pretty much figure the rest of it out. <laughs> <laughs> Mary leaves the coop and puts her jacket back on and walks over to Mr. Yates, who's pretending to tinker with a truck part. She slowly tries to walk by him and he tells her to go milk the cow. She stops saying Mrs. Yates wants her eggs, but Mr. Yates doesn't give a fuck and just stares at her. <laughs> we see Mr. Yates has a key to his truck around his neck, and Mary looks at that, then at the empty ignition of the truck, and we watch him grab those keys and say, I said milk the cow. So she turns and she enters the barn. That whole thing is just to let us know that he has the truck keys. So just uh, keep that nugget of info for later, I guess. We cut over to Mary milking that cow, and Mr. Yates creepily makes his way in, moving slowly towards her and smacking but his mouth. But not silently. <laughs> no, because he is breathing real loud, you guys. He's yes. all like, <gasps> he's like Darth Vader. He accidentally kicks over a lantern on the ground, and Mary Jo whips her head around, asking what he is doing. Mr. Yates says he just wants to talk, and that's all. She asks about what? You know, getting a little bit nervous about this because he's a creep. And he says, oh, you know things <laughs> she yep, starts to yep. stand up and saying look mr yates i never done nothing wrong by you you got no cause in bothering me and he advances quickly on her so she tosses the milk in his face and starts running away but mr yates grabs her and they tumble to the ground mary yells something at him but i don't know what she says because I, I can't understand her probably like stop or don't something to that effect Maybe a little bit. Like, please don't do this. You're a fucking creep. I, I don't know. I don't know. Could be anything. But they stand up and Yates says he's going to call the police and they'll come pick her up for running away that night at the stop and go because the owner was yelling about getting robbed. So Mary Jo begs him to call the police, right? Because she wants mm -hmm. to be anywhere but here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame Call her. that bluff, Mary yeah. Jo. <laughs> Mr. Yates grabs her saying, oh, no, once you come on this farm, you ain't allowed to leave. Not ever. He goes in for a smooch, but she screams a bunch, and he calls her a stupid bitch. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of our backstory about this and why Mary Jo is there. Apparently, she was at the wrong place at the wrong time kind of thing, or maybe she was a thief. It doesn't really fucking matter. But they were there, even though they seemed to never leave their farm, and they picked her up, and they were like, hey, you can come to our farm and, you know, chill until the police stop. It's kind of like a, um, have you ever seen Misery? No. It's nothing like that, so never mind. Okay, well, good. <laughs> Over with Mrs. Yates, she busts out of the house and calls for Mary Jo. Inside the barn, she's struggling and screaming at Mr. Yates until Mr. Yates grabs a bottle, like a glass bottle, and smashes mm -hmm. it over her head, and it knocks her out. And there's blood all over her head as she, like, bounces to the ground. Yeah. Mr. Yates gets on top of her and starts grabbing her and stuff, and then we hear Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Yates yelling for Mary Jo. So he looks out the window at her for a moment, then starts throwing hay all over Mary Jo to hide her, <laughs> you know, unconscious body not a lot of hay though just like a little seasoning of hay and it's, <laughs> it's it doesn't hide her very well no mr yates is kind of stupid yeah i thought he was gonna like pick her up and there was gonna be like a weekend at bernie's like oh i'm okay mrs yates i spilled jam all over my head <laughs> no silly it's not, me it's not that fun brandon see i told you you should have wrote for tales from the crypt when you were one years old <laughs> no what a wasted opportunity. Hmm. What have you done with your life? Mrs. Yates slowly makes her way over to the barn, calling for Mary Jo a bunch more. When Mr. Yates walks out, she sees him and races over it. Well, kind of, because she's in a, you know, a little brace. So she kind of click-clacks yeah. her way. 
But um, she races over and asks if she if he's seen Mary Joe around. He's all no, huh? What Mary? What now? Mary who? <laughs> <laughs> she asks if he heard her scream, and he's all scream. No, I, I didn't. I didn't hear her scream. <laughs> Mrs. Yates, that world class detective, sees all the milk <laughs> splattered on his clothes and face, and asks what the hell that is. He says he was milking the cow, and he guesses that he uh, spilt some. And Miss Yates ain't buying that shit. Saying, George, you don't milk the cow. Mary Jo does. And she smacks him with his cane. <laughs> yeah. She ain't a smart woman, but she's clearly the brains of this operation. Yes. She pushes her way inside, and George is all, I'm sorry, Louisa. I didn't mean to. She asks, do what? And they both look around the barn, but nobody is there, Brandon. Oh, shit. Over with Mary Jo. She's stumbling her way through the fields. Back with the couple, they walk out of the barn, and Louisa is saying that you don't kill the help. You beat them, but never kill them. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, Louisa. Mm -hmm. George tells her, but she spilled the milk. And Louise tells him, dude, there's always more milk, but not always more help. And they stop, and they look, and they see that there's blood all over the ground, so they start to follow it. Yeah. There's a lot of blood. Yeah, Mary, Mary Jo, she is a blood pinata, really. She got uh, fucked up, one could say. <laughs> With Mary Jo, she eventually collapses in the cornfield. With the couple. George is all, oh, she must be in the cornfield. <laughs> My notes. Louisa tells him, okay, pick me up. And then starts smacking him with her cane. George gets down and Louisa gets up uh, piggyback style on his back. <laughs> There's some weird music that plays here. As Mary Jo looks up at a scarecrow on a post that's dressed with a clown mask and a corncob pipe, Brandon. Yeah. It lifts up an arm and reaches towards her as she falls unconscious. Yeah, this this scarecrow, mm, I'd say it's bottom tier scarecrow from what we've seen so far. I like scarecrows. I don't like clowns. I'm not afraid of clowns. I just don't care for them. When you think of scarecrow, you don't think of like a, you know, straw man with a clown mask on. You think of like no. a leathery, sun-washed face and this doesn't really have that. A potato sack or something. Yeah, anything but a clown mask, actually, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yes. Literally anything. The husband and wife find her on the ground, and George turns her over. And he checks her pulse, saying she's alive. So Mrs. Yates is all, oh, thank God for something. George gets up and tells his wife, look, I don't want you listening to anything she has to say, because she had a blow to the head. And Louisa asks why. What's she going to say? Suspicious? And George is like, uh, I don't know. Suddenly, Mary Jo wakes up and asks where he is. And Louisa asks, where's who? Mary Jo tells her, My man, what'd you do with him? He was just here sticking and I go. And she spits out a mouth of blood and says, I want him to make love to me. What do you want it? Then she collapses back down and George is all, told you. <laughs> okay, so, spoilers, I guess. For the rest of this episode, Mary Jo's like, kind of crazy. A bit, yeah. Is it from the blow to the head? Like, did she get crazier or was she always crazy and we just didn't see enough of her before because she was just sexily getting eggs? <laughs> she was boobily getting eggs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a theory for this one and I'll talk about that later. Okay. We fade over to nighttime and Mary Jo is cooking up some dinner as George walks in. He starts washing up his hands and can't help but peep over at Mary, who's just trying to grab a spice or something up on a high up shelf, you know? Does this dude do anything else? Like, literally. Uh, I think he just follows Mary Jo around. He's a thirsty, thirsty man, Brandon. 
It's 1990. She does all Arquette. the farm work and all the housework, and this guy's whoa, job whoa, whoa. is to whoa, follow whoa, her whoa, around. Brandon. He tinkers with the truck, okay? No, he pretends to tinker with the truck <laughs> long enough for her to pass by him so he can stare at her ass. Well, this time he gets a little eyeful, Brandon, because we look at her ass and those she's got some jeans on and there's a big triangle-shaped rip in them. And you can almost see a whole butt cheek. But yes, not, you see some butt. Not really. Yeah. This is Patricia Arquette, okay? She is like, classy. <laughs> Crypt Keeper was like, all right, That might Patricia. even be an ass double. <laughs> it could be. It very well could be. Yeah, uh, Crypt Keeper was like, hey, Patricia, you want to be in an episode? And she was like, not if I'm showing boobs a butt. <laughs> George looks over at that Patricia Arquette butt, you know. He cannot take his eyes off of that. And then he walks over to Mary Jo and just starts smelling her hair. And he's like, hmm, this smells good, you know. And she asks, you like it? It's honeysuckle. I found it and rubbed it all over my body for my man. And George chuckles saying, you ain't got no man, Mary Jo. There's no one around here for 60 miles. And she snaps back. Sure I do. I got me a man, even if he won't touch me. And she breaks away from George to go work at the other counter. George starts breathing all heavy again and pushes his face on Mary Jo's shoulder, mm-hmm. saying, That man is a damn fool. Mary Jo asks what he's doing, and he's all, I'm just trying to be friendly. So she puts a stop to that, saying, Well, I have a friend, and he doesn't do that to me. She presses her finger to his face and walks over to take a seat at the table. George walks over and starts saying he's a good lover when suddenly Louisa busts in, asking what's all the hubba in here. Mary Jo stands up, saying, talking. Louisa asks, talk about what? And George tells her, nothing, just just talk. But Louisa looks at him, saying, I didn't ask you, George. Now, what were you talking about? Mary Jo just tells the truth here, saying she told Mr. Yates not to get all friendly with her because she's already got a friend like that. Louisa stomps over to George, asking, what do you mean got friendly? What did Mr. Yates do? It's like, Louisa, you already know what's happening. Come on now, girl. Yes, it's not a big mystery. He's heavy breathing right now. Yeah, he's still breathing heavy. (laughs) You know what that means, okay? Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your scarecrow bestie. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we have. We are just so thankful for you spending some time with us. For tons of bonus content like early release episodes, bonus plot point movie overviews, behind the scenes videos and bloopers, and more, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash private island. We post new content multiple times a week, so there is always something new to enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, The Beths, Venice Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, and Rad Magical, The Goths, Stephen, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, Preston, and Corey, The Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Ryan, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Faith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and your boys and girls, Kathy, Farron, Bryson, Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. I've been making plenty of videos for our social media, including a cooking video inspired by the tale of the misfortune cookie. You can find us on Twitter at UANpod, on Instagram at UpAllNightPodcast, on YouTube at UpAllNightHAPodcast, and on TikTok at Private Island Presents. We hope you enjoy! We also do live watch parties on Instagram on Wednesday nights at about 7.30pm Eastern, where we watch full-length episodes of the shows that we cover, as well as some requested ones from the fans. So we hope you take some time and uh, check it out and hang out with us! 
Of course, you can always stop by and say hello on Twitch at twitch.tv slash privateislandc, where I play some video games or do a little editing live. I've also got plenty of goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and Tales from the Crypt soundbites and videos for you to enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Tired of the same old podcasts every week? When you're ready for something different, come give us a shot. Greetings, we're technically a conversation, a podcast for curious people by curious people. Every week, we take turns sharing a new topic, and the other host has no idea what the topic will be. Our topics are all over the place, from light and funny to dark and sometimes spooky. We've covered everything from true crime, historical events and people, pop culture icons, the supernatural and occult. I like that. And legends and folklore. My favorite. We're like the Dollar Tree stuff you should know. Except completely different. No matter what the topic is, we try to make the episodes funny. Yeah, you may not want to advertise that. Our jokes aren't very good. What are you talking about? My jokes are fantastic. (laughs) Hey, I get paid to laugh either way. Wait, you get paid? Check us out at technicallyaconversation.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to the 11 and a half people that listen to us on Google Podcasts. Wait, you said you were getting paid? Thanks again for listening in. For now, I'm going to let you get back to the show, and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Mr. Gates is snacking on a biscuit, and he goes on the defensive saying, Damn it, Louisa, don't listen to her. She's bragging about some man she has. Mary Jo yells out, I do. I got me a man. Louisa looks at her smiling, saying, You do, huh? This man you have, what's he look like? Mary Jo gets all shy, saying, oh, he's real tall, and he's always wearing a hat and a suit. And he's got a stupid mask. And he's got a clown face. It's not as good as the silent servant. <laughs> but he's so big and strong. Luis is all, enough of that. But Mary Jo goes on, saying, someday he's going to make love to me. Luisa snaps, enough! Now get set in the table. And she whacks her with her cane, and Mary Jo runs out of the room. Louisa turns her attention to George now and stares at him for a moment, and then sits down at the table saying, Well, one good thing about this anyway. She's crazy, George. Where's a crazy girl gonna run? Who's gonna take her in? George sits down too saying, Nobody. And Louisa smiles saying, Right, we got her for life. Free help that ain't going nowhere. George smacks his mouth saying, Right, this one's gonna be here forever, ain't she? He laughs a little and takes a drink, and Louisa's smile fades as she says, Maybe but why does that make you so happy? George looks at her all innocent and says, well, like you said, somebody take care of us forever. I like that idea. Mary Jo's over in the dining room now, and she's singing about chicken pot pie. And I put in my notes here, I knew I liked Patricia Arquette for a reason, because I love chicken <laughs> pot pies. Yes, this is the reason. She's all like, chicken pot pie. And I'm like, yeah, sing She it, justified her existence. <laughs> She's setting the table, still singing about chicken pot pie, and also about, like, running away and having a sweetheart or something. The This fades us to nighttime, where George and Louisa are trying to sleep. But there's this weird alien music playing, Brandon. And George just cannot get comfortable with that noise. Mm-hmm. We see him thinking all about Mary Jo snatching those eggs up from earlier in the episode, and he snaps awake. And he rubs his eyes, and then hears some sort of Mary Jo shouting and laughing a bit outside. <laughs> He looks out the window and sees her running around, so he gets out of bed and starts heading downstairs and out the front door. 
He runs around the farm searching for Mary Jo, who's still happily running and giggling in the field. It's really weird. Yeah. It's kind of creepy, the way she's just, like, singing to herself in the dark at night. For some reason, it reminded me of the Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns is like an alien. Oh my gosh, I bring you peace. (laughs) You love that episode. (laughs) I do, it's great. She makes her way to the corn and stops at the scarecrow from earlier saying, Hi, I've changed. What do you think? You don't like it? Well, I wore a special just for you. I've been watching you out here all day. It makes me feel so lonesome for you. I see you watching me too. Now don't be shy. I know you want me. And she gives that scarecrow a smooch on the mask. George has now stopped and he's watching her from the corn. And he says, so crazy. She doesn't know the difference between that thing and a real man. Then he starts creeping up to Mary Jo, who's telling the scarecrow that she loves him. George fondles her hair for a moment and she turns around yelling, no, Mr. Yates, stop. He is my man. George tries telling her that the scarecrow isn't real, that he's just ragged straw and a pole stuck in the ground. He can't make love to you. Mary Jo says, yeah, he can. He's totally going to do just that someday. But George grabs her close saying, you listen to me, you little simpleton. He ain't no flesh and blood man. I am. And he starts groping her before she yells, no, and runs away. We cut to the house where George tries to silently sneak back into his bedroom. But Louisa asks, where you been? George is all, um, I heard a critter bothering the chickens. Louisa asks if he got it, but he says, no, I didn't even see him. Outside, Mary Jo is still running around excitedly. So Louisa's all, well, there's your critter, George. Mary Jo, she's still outside singing about like meeting her man, right? And Louisa looks out and says, well, there's your critter. So George is all like, well, damn, I guess that, that old simpleton was what was keeping me up all night. Louisa laughs at him, telling George he's a stupid old fool and hunkers back down in bed. George stares after Mary Jo for another moment before we fade to a new day where he's driving a tractor. He stops as Mary Jo walks down the pathway with a, with a shirt with big puffy sleeves on. And he says hello to her and says, you're dressing kind of different, ain't you? And she smiles saying, it's for my fella. Do you think he'll like it? George is all, yeah, I'm sure he's going to love it. Mary Jo sure hopes he does. Also, she's got another date with him tonight at midnight when all the scarecrows walk, Brandon. (laughs) Yes, that's the time. Maybe he'll like her better dressed like that. George nods and looks after her as she walks away. So she's wearing her new dress. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the morning. She's wearing her new dress that she's going to take on her date to do her farm chores? Yes, in 16 hours when she finally is able to go see him. And oh, it's all like dirty Mary Jo, you simpleton. <laughs> also, where is she getting new dresses? Dude, I don't know where she got that dress. <laughs> is this just something Louisa used to rock maybe. back in the day? That's the only thing I could think. Cause like, I don't know. According to the story, you know, she had what was on her back and that was it. And then they scooped her up and took her to the farm. So Yeah, well, she clearly didn't pack any bra or underwear or <laughs> anything like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but she packed this gorgeous puffy sleeve dress, Brandon. Sure. Don't leave home without it. You never know. <laughs> you, yep. Take it to the store with you. You never know what's going to happen. Might be a sexy scarecrow somewhere. Mary Jo is still singing about all the chicken pot pies. And I'm like, damn, I could use a chicken pot pie, man. And we see Louisa looking on and she gets pissed. And she raises up her pitchfork and slams it down on some hay. And then she grabs her cane and starts walking to the house. We cut to the bedroom where George tells Louisa goodnight, because it's nighttime now. She says mm-hmm. goodnight, and then says, George, 
You know what I'd do to you if I caught you cheating on me, don't you? Same thing you do to bulls when you want them to be steers. George kind of looks around and says, Oh, I ain't cheating on you, Louisa. And Louisa's all, I know you ain't, George. Not now. Then she sighs and closes her eyes as George gets all wide-eyed and stares around for a minute. Because he's like, oh, fuck. You know, I am doing yeah. all of that. <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't want to get my balls cut off, but also I can't stop being a fucking creep. Such a conundrum for you, huh, George? It's such a pickle for George. <laughs> he could just stop, but that's not in the cards. No, he can't. We cut to later that night and we see George smooching Mary Jo in a bed. And then that cuts to George with Louisa for a second before George yelps himself awake. <laughs> oh, I do love that. Like he's uh, he's having a dream, man. He's smooching Mary Jo, and then it switches to Louisa, and he's like, "Fuck, <laughs> get it off of me!" <laughs> we look at a clock that says it's quarter to midnight, and George gets up. Actually, before that, the clock bongs to tell us it's quarter to midnight and i'm just like why do you have that in your room that'd be really annoying if it's going off every like 15 fucking minutes yeah but mm, that's why you can't Bong, sleep george it's 12 43 <laughs> yeah it's actually every single minute it goes off and it's <laughs> like well no wonder you guys can't get no fucking sleep <laughs> george gets up out of his bed and he puts on his jacket and he heads out of the room He's, he's all quiet, Brandon. He's, he's in stealth mode right now because he doesn't want to wake up Louisa. Yeah, he he's only heavy breathing a little bit. <laughs> Look, even the slightest activity gets George heavy breathing, okay? He needs some cardio. <laughs> then we fade to Mary Jo running out of the house all excited with a fancy red and white cloak on? Like, oh, what the fuck this is? Or where she got that? She's got a little hair clip in her hair, so... She's fancy. She quickly makes her way to the scarecrow and starts smooching him all over the coat and fondling him. She hugs the scarecrow and the camera pans up to its spooky clown face when suddenly eyes behind the mask start to move. Then its hand lifts up off the post and it slowly moves in to give Mary Jo a hug. And she looks up with a gasp saying, you're alive. You're really truly alive. Then she smooches that clown mask right on the clown mask lips, Brandon. Yeah. It would be sweet if it wasn't awful. <laughs> Over with Louisa, she wakes up and notices that George isn't there. So she starts to get up out of her bed and walks down the stairs with Mary Jo. She's like, fuck this shit. She's like, I knew it. I should have just stayed mm -hmm. awake. She didn't know. She went to sleep like a dum-dum. With Mary Jo, she's just hugging and smooching the scarecrow. This is cut with Louisa looking for Mary Jo in her room, which she's not there, obviously. Also, the music in this scene is pretty interesting. I gotta say, Brandon. It's I love, bonkers. I love 90s music. Dave. It's like five different songs smashed together. <laughs> well, it's probably playing right now, so you can just uh, take a listen. Louisa makes her way outside and grabs that pitchfork from earlier. Then she gets on a tractor <laughs> and rides it into the cornfield. This loud ass tractor. Yes, Lu Louisa is riding into battle. She is. She's like, charge with her pitchfork and her <laughs> slow moving tractor. The Scarecrow hears this and looks around, and he sees Louisa riding her way over to them, and so he gets back up on the post and pretends to be a Scarecrow again. <laughs> Love that. He's like, oh, fuck. And he just, like, puts his arms out, like, yep, just a Scarecrow here. I'm an inanimate Scarecrow. Just a George Scarecrow. I mean, what? Oh, spoilers, Brandon. Mary Jo begs him not to leave, and Louisa very slowly makes her way over to where Mary Jo is. She stops in front of Mary yelling, where is he? And she grabs a pitchfork and Mary Jo yells, where's who? There ain't nobody here but me and my man. 
Louisa has had enough of this shit. So she pulls Mary Jo away, calling her a fool again. And mm-hmm. this is just a scarecrow. They can't do anything. Mary Jo yells that she's wrong and the scarecrow was alive and is supposed to make a love with her, but then you showed up. Louisa yells at her again that she's a fool and she'll show her that this thing is just straw. So she takes that pitchfork and she stabs it right into the scarecrow as Mary yells, No! And she stabs that scarecrow just over and over again and it starts to bleed. And then it falls to the ground and the mask slips off and it's george of course it is and then george fucking dies as louisa cries out you fool you stupid old fool i gotta say brandon i wasn't 100 percent sure if it was going to be george or if it was going to be an actual living scarecrow i gave up hope that it was going to be an actual living scarecrow like pretty early yeah like two scarecrow scenes ago <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look when she's kind of out of it after she got her head bashed by a bottle and the scarecrow like kind of reached for a little bit i was like "Hmm, okay maybe it is a you know maybe that's going to be the twist that it's actually a real scarecrow and it's just going to like rip these two farm people to shreds you know yeah that would have been great like you know karmically to just see these people get destroyed by the scarecrow but admittedly that is a little bit more cliche i guess less interesting story wise I, I gotta say, I end up liking where the story went as opposed to it being, like, magic. Because this is all real horror kind of thing. Yeah, there is nothing supernatural about this episode. Exactly, yeah. She plops that pitchfork down and slowly grabs George's face and then gets back up and we see Mary Jo's behind her with the pitchfork. Mary Jo jabs that pitchfork right through Louisa and Louisa falls Hell to yeah. the ground and dies. Then Mary Jo picks up the keys from her body and sets down her hair clip. Because I guess she probably just borrowed it from Louisa. I don't know. She turns around and then looks over at Louisa's body for a moment. Before skipping away and singing about chicken pot pie. And how she's free at last. And that's kind of the end of the tale there. We cut over to the Crypt Keeper. And he's wearing that clown mask from the Scarecrow. And he says that young lady certainly knew how to make a point. But what a shame for poor George and Louisa. They thought they had their labor problems all sewed up. But Mary Jo formed her own union with the Scarecrow, and he pulls out that mask with a laugh. Oh man, and it was just when George was going to be getting a reward from Mary Jo for all her hard work with a big bonus. Hmm, now that is definitely not what you call safe sex. (laughs) Tune in next week for another terribly traumatic tale. And then he laughs us Mm -hmm. out of the episode. So Brandon, I want to talk with you a little bit about this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's start from the top. Okay, so... The thing that I find really interesting about this one is that it presents itself that Mary Jo got smashed on the head and this whole time she's been really delusional. You don't know if she's delusional before, but I like to think that was, you know, from the bottle break. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they present us. What I like to think is that Mary Jo saw that scarecrow. And she she concocted a plan because that's kind of how the ending makes its way. You know, she's seen yeah. those. It does imply. She looked at the truck keys. She realized, like, okay, I'm not going to be able to get out of here unless I take care of these idiots, right? So she concocted this plan of like, oh, I'm, I'm just not going to play this game with you, George. I'm going to be like, you can't touch me. I got my man, you know, bringing Mm -hmm. it up like over and over again, so that he will get the idea of like, oh, if I just dress as a scarecrow, I'm going to get the sexy time, you know. I think that she just enacted her plan. It was a weird one. Like, I don't know how she knew this was going to end up like this, but she made it work. She's she's either really smart or really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. 
But either way, she got she got hers in the end. Either way, she got chicken pot pie, I think, in the end, right? <laughs> I hope so. Dude. I hope she goes to the gas and go and she steals a chicken pot pie. Yes, yes. And she gets to microwave it and then she can eat it. And then she's happy in the end. She got her chicken pot pie. And that's what this episode is really all about. Spoilers, that's the moral of the story. Chicken pot pie yeah. is rule. If this had like an Animal House ending where it's like, and then Mary Jo got a chicken pot pie. It's a freeze frame of her eating it. That would be great. I wish that the Crypt Keeper was like, well, Mary Jo got her chicken pot pie after all. You know, I'd be like, <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> yeah, that's all we needed, Crypt Keeper. Not oh. your puns about sexual assault. No, right. I want chicken pot pies. Well, shit, now my brain's going to like link chicken pot pies to sexual assault. Thanks, Crypt Keeper. <sighs> Stupid neurons everything. in my brain. Ugh. Nah, I'm joking. Chicken pot pie is awesome. I'm just gonna eat chicken pot pie. Be cool with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it, in the end, like it, it's pretty smart, and I think it works. And uh, I'm I'm kind of glad that it's not a magical scarecrow for no reason. Yeah, it's its own thing. I just hope this isn't the only scarecrow story we get. Well, it probably will be. I'm sure it will. Nobody likes scarecrows. I know they're they're like low tier horror for some reason. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny, though, if there was, like, a an old blind woman gave a, a necklace that made scarecrows come to life? Wouldn't that be great? No, what if Mary Jo was just trying to get with George because George is actually rich and Mary Jo is a gold-digging Oh, my gosh. Trifling bitch. bitch? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that would be right up the show's alley, I think. I believe you're correct. Yes. Well, Brandon, I mean, I kind of spoiled the moral of the story. Chicken pot pies are all that in a chicken pot pie. But I don't know. What else can we get from this story? Um, Slavery's bad. Yeah, right. It is pretty terrible. Don't hire Patricia Arquette. (laughs) No, no, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I do hire Patricia Arquette. She's amazing. Uh, She was in this show a couple of years ago called... uh, Fuck, I don't remember what it's called, but it's on it's on Hulu. It's the story of Gypsy Rose. She plays the mom in that whole like Munchausen syndrome thing. I don't know if you ever heard of it or watched it, but it's pretty good. She does a great job in it. That's cool. I most recently saw her in the television program Severance, hmm. which is real damn good. Oh shit! Now I got. Take your recommendations highly into consideration, right? Yeah, definitely watch it though. Okay, I'll I'll, uh, I'll whisper that into kinsey the problem brand is that there's a new season of drag race that just started so oh well shit i only have enough time pause everything (laughs) i gotta see what rupaul's up to um brandon uh i think that really covers the moral chicken pot pie and slavery you know (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. well one's uh -uh, one's up you know alternate episode titles the the episode title four-sided triangle brandon there's really not a four-sided triangle in this episode at all because wouldn't that there's no like fourth one. I mean, it's a scarecrow. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. Exist. Um, How about uh false advertising? <laughs> false advertising the episode. What about like uh, collecting eggs is <laughs> sexy business? <laughs> what about just heavy breathing the episode? Yeah, it, you could just call it heavy breathing, and it would be like, oh yeah, yeah. I get where the story's going. I don't need to watch the episode anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything else, Brandon. You want to meet this cast? Yeah. Okay. Who are these random people? Well, this episode is very light on the characters here. We only got three of them, so let me just open up all them IMDb's. First up, we got Patricia Arquette. You know, we've talked about her a lot already. She's pretty famous, you know? Yeah, she was in Holes. Next. No, was she in Holes? 
Yeah. What does she do in holes? She's like the friggin' chick kissing Kate Barlow. You know, I love that because Kate Barlow is... Oh, no, no. Kate Barlow is not played by Scorny Weaver. Scorny Weaver is the bad girl in, this, in the holes. Scorny Weaver is also one of my faves, Brandon. I love Scorny Weaver. Um, You know what I yeah, remember her from, great. though? She was in A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. That was her first role, and she played uh, Kristen Parker in it. She nailed that role, so that's where I know her from. She did wonderful in that, that movie. Did you ever see the third part of Nightmare on Elm Street? I've never seen any Nightmare on Elm Street. That's a lie. You've seen uh, oh, wait, Nightmare. Oh, wait. I've seen you? New Nightmare. Yeah. That's a good one, too. It's probably my second favorite. Part 3 is, is worth a watch, Brian. I think you'd like it. It's very... uh. Very fantasy. I like that part of it. Um, aside from that, you know, that's where she started things out. She was in Dokken Dream Warriors. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's just the music video for Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> I was like, that sounds a lot She more did other things movies. other than freaking Freddy Krueger, Corlin. I know. I know. She actually isn't even in part four. Like, her character is, but she got recasted from a, from a different person. Um, she was in Medium. She was in 130 episodes of Medium, uh, which is a story about her gasping awake, being like, <gasps> somebody's dead, you know? So that's what that's yeah. all about. That's like her longest lasting role. Mm-hmm. She was in 10 episodes of Boardwalk Empire. She was in 31 episodes of CSI Cyber, which, okay. That doesn't sound real. No, she was in Toy Story 4 for um, for a second. She was the voice of Harmony's mom. Where's the oh the act the act is the is the show that I was talking about where she plays Dee Dee Blanchard it's kind of like a true crime uh, story about Gypsy Rose which was pretty good and then we already talked about Severance too she was in nineteen episodes of that mm-hmm. next we have George played by Chelsea Ross that's the first man I've ever seen with the name Chelsea it's beautiful it's beautiful gorgeous name this guy he has a face that i was like oh it's that guy but then like looking at his imdb profile <laughs> it's like none of these things i recognize him in but he's got one of those faces he's got the faces i see i see he started his career back in 1977 with keep my grave open he was he played a nazi in a, <laughs> a tv movie called skokie <laughs> 1981 mm-hmm. um let me see here it was in tales from the crypt he was in bill and ted's bogus journey I've seen a little bit of that movie. In 1999, he was in Judging Amy. He was in Everybody Loves Raymond for an episode as well. He was in Drag Me to Hell. Have you seen that movie? I have. It's a good one. Sam Raymond. I don't remember him in it. I don't either. Uh, he was in two episodes of Grey's Anatomy. He was in, most recently, 2023, so he's still working it. He was in a show called Suede. But yeah, I don't really recognize him from anything, even though I've seen some things he's in. He definitely has that face. He looks like... Um, like a dentist, maybe. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a dentist look. Last up, we have Louisa, played by Susan Blom. Oh, God, I don't know. Blomart? Blomart? I don't know. Anyway, she has also been in uh, 75 Things, so pretty prolific actor. Yeah, also still working. 2023, Dead Ringers. I do. I think she did a really good job in this episode. I mean, she didn't have a lot to work with, but I think she nailed it. And this is actually like kind of one of her first roles. Uh, she started things off in 1986 with Forever Lulu, and she was in Pet Cemetery um, from 1989. That's cool. Yeah, she was in the X Files for an episode. Murder She Wrote, South by Southwest. I don't know. Oh, it's a TV movie. Okay, I didn't know that was they had TV movies for that. She was in five episodes of the Brian Benben Show. <laughs> Said that like I know what that is. My bad. Sorry, Brian Ben. <laughs> wow, five whole episodes of the Ben Ben. Yes, yes. 
Uh, she was in two episodes of Sopranos. I've never seen that, but I hear it's a great show. She was in two episodes of Bowl with um, is that the one with Keith or Sutherland? Sutherland, in it, I think. I don't know. Hmm. She was in John Wick Chapter Three. Brandon, no, I've heard of that. He's a little John Wicks. Uh, recently, I love my she was in. <laughs> recently, she was in New Amsterdam for an episode, as well as uh, like you said, Dead Ringer. Two episodes from this year. So yeah. Well, I'm cool. glad. Still working. She looks like a sweetheart too. I gotta say, uh, unlike this episode, she just looks like somebody that is wise and could tell a good story. Yeah, I don't think she would beat a person for not making her coffee. Uh, even if she wanted to, yeah, she wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> just generalizing, Susan. Whatever. All right, Brandon, you ready for what's next on the list here? Yeah, that's enough of four-sided triangle. We got a doozy next week, Brandon, I have to say. Oh. Yep, and I'll tell you why in just a second here. The episode title is going to be The Ventriloquist's Dummy, Brandon. Okay, we're getting into some familiar territory here. Yes, we have a slappy episode. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, it's me. I'm replacing the Crypt Keeper for this episode. What's up, everybody? It's your boy. (laughs) Let me read this here uh, episode description, Brandon. It's only like one sentence, so. Okay, okay. Amateur ventriloquist Billy Goldman hmm, learns that being a ventriloquist might not be the best career choice for him. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that. Uh, Brandon, the cast, yeah. though. Are, are you looking at it? Who do we got? Anybody famous? Yes. We have probably our most famous person here, Brandon. It's, it's Bobcat. We got Bobcat <gasps> Goldthwait in this episode. Oh, shit. So after, what is it, four years almost, the Bobcat Goldthwait voice is coming back. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Next episode is going to be a disaster because I'm just going to be laughing the whole time. Uh, I don't even know if I can do it anymore. Maybe I should just try. Sure, try. Give me a try right now. Read the description of this episode. <laughs> Amateur ventriloquist with Bob Billy Goldman. <laughs> this is going to be a Oh, this episode's going to be a treat. Oh. Wouldn't I that be funny? wait now. Look, he's, he's listed second because we also have Don Rickles in this episode. And, and we have Mindy Rickles, who is uh, Don Rickles' daughter. It's uh, oh, like a okay. family collab here. Wouldn't it be funny if Bobcat is, like, not even in this episode? (laughs) It's all Don Rickles all the time. (laughs) No, come on. (laughs) No, I'm super excited for this one, Brandon. I told you Bobcat was going to be in it. I knew. I knew Bobcat (sighs) couldn't couldn't stay away from Tales from the Crypt. (laughs) I am so goddamn stoked. It's going to be exciting. But that's next week, Brandon. We have to wait a whole fucking week for this (laughs) shit. Oh, man. Let's get this over with. I got to go to sleep so I can wake up next weekend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right brandon i'll let you go so you can go to sleep and we can wake up and bobcat is at our doorstep well kind of anyway i'm out of here brandon i hope you have a beautiful rest of the night i've been up all night myself so i'll see you next week for the ventriloquist dummy all right i'll see you all right bye everybody bye bye